Gladstone? Gladstone, where are you, boy? Over here, my leech, Malthus. I was just reading the obituaries, hoping to see my name again. I saw it last week and the week before. That's because you keep reading the same paper over and over again, Gladstone. Don't you know anything? No, Your Excellency. Even in Hades, I'm a very sad little man. Even though it says here that my hobby was brain cheesy. That's pretty much the same as part cheesy. But the tokens are bits of brain. Small wonder you haven't earned your horns yet after all of these eons. Oh, but I did get a second-hand cape. And in my spare time, when I'm not working for you, Dark Lord... I've been carving my feet into cloven hooves. All the better to serve you, sire. And the pointed ears and red skullcap. You awarded me those, as I recall. Those props got tacked onto you at President Reagan's 200th birthday party, when we dressed you up like an ass. Ronnie always loves playing pin the devil tail on the commie. It brings him back to his childhood. <laughs> like everything else, really. I see... I knew it was an official function of some kind. I mean, the president was half there. He's never more than half anywhere. Anyhow, silence! I have no intention of wasting my time with your delusions, Goodstein. This is your last chance. I've got an assignment for you. Oh, I see. Will I be expected to bring it to damnation class tomorrow? I hope not. I have soccer practice at midnight... We use a severed head as a ball. I don't want to be late, or I'll miss it dribbling. Silence! See here, Goodstein. Your assignment is to rescue one willowed Metilius Romney, a very promising young plutocrat who has fallen on humiliatingly hard times. Romney, you say? Say, wasn't he captain of the Confederation starship Free Enterprise? I believe I met him in... One or two of my previous incarnations. I was on a top-secret space mission. All the more reason to choose you, Goodstein. Do this, and you will earn your plastic devil horns. Do it in less than 40 minutes, and we'll pitch in a few other kinds of horns, too. Maybe even a sousaphone. Now, what could be more appropriate for a student devil? I ask you. But, Lord Malthus, what am I rescuing Captain Romney from? Is he in some kind of mortal peril? <laughs> I hope so. I like mortal peril. Before I answer that, you must know where he came from. Look closely, Goodstein. Look into the crystal sphere and see Willard Romney as a boy. <laughs> he has such funny little ears. I think I want to bite them. That's the fridge you don't. And those are pineapple blintzes. The crystal sphere is over there, right next to the merry-go-round, which is, for this day only, serving as a devilish magic time portal. Oh, I see now. The sphere is smaller than I expected, and it looks very cloudy. I think that means it's going to rain. Turn the vertical hold dial. No, wait. Try tint. That usually works. Or you can hit it right about there. That usually does the trick. Stupid thing. Okay. Oh, is that Captain Romney sitting on the bench near the entrance to a typical suburban elementary school? No, fool. That's his classmate, little Polly Ryany. Romney is the preppy-looking ten-year-old coming up the walk, fooling with his pocket abacus. Watch carefully. He's going to walk right into something. tree come from? And how did it get into the middle of my quarterly expense account reconciliation for the Society of Rising Young Oligarchs? Oh, hi, Willard. This is Wisconsin, and that's not a tree. It's a statue of Ayn Rand. We have to keep putting it in places where students will physically bump into it, or else our student libertarian club will never get above three members. Actually, I was just moving it to the pool. There's a swim meet there tonight, we're bound to get some followers out of it. I just know it. <laughs> well, 
All I know is that your John Birch trees are all the wrong size. <laughs> That's why I keep bumping into them. <coughs> Whoops! There I go again! <laughs> I wish Pater would send me someplace with less reactionary wood and more rich reactionary wooden doors to knock on. <laughs> yes, I guess he should. I wish my own mother would send me to some defoliated hellscape and one that isn't Janesville, Wisconsin. Hey, gosh, what's wrong, little Tarzan? Turn her to Janesville? <laughs> well, the country has a war to win, and Mormonism can help both of us. I can go on a missionary safari in your homeland in the French Congo, and you can get it on with multiple wives. Hey, you seem kind of down in the mouth. Though it's hard to see your mouth with all that chiseled chin in the way. <laughs> I can show you how to dissolve it. Let me get my pet medicine firm on the blower. Oh, jeez. I wish I'd never been born. <laughs> Careful what you say, Rye Baby. I just had God on the line, and he's awful literal today. <laughs> say, what is that aroma? Smells like those cafeteria ladies are working overtime again. <laughs> Fortunately, they're all on salary. Hey, I just thought of something. All those Chinese bankrolls can be yours. You can marry all of those ladies right there in the kitchen. The celery and string beans can be the witnesses. Wait here. I'll go get my marrying underpants on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I hate celery. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> hey, I didn't notice this before, but you're only eight years old. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. I know. What do you say we go line up for lunch? <laughs> I hear we're having two ice cream scoops of spaghetti submerged in savory meat-like sauce. Wait a minute, it's Tuesday, and that means it's a tuna boat with caridors and a celery mast. The satirical whip behind those school lunch menus is worth every bit of his celery. I still hate celery. Besides, I don't have any lunch money. <laughs> Poor Rai baby. Did Fat Donnie give you a turbo wedgie and steal it from you again? No, my mother made my lunch and stuffed it into this soggy paper bag. It's not even a new bag, it's recycled. It says weird and drugs on it. Maybe she left some of those weird drugs in the bag. <laughs> Step one would be to find some hippies. And then you can monetize your lunch and eat it too. Did your mom cut the crust off of your sandwich? If she didn't, you can do it yourself. And then sell it to the same hippies that bought the drugs. Before they realize there's no sandwich attached, the police will be hustling them off to the pokey. <laughs> You're the hustle! <laughs> you know, that's just what happened in the movie Mutiny on the Bounty, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but I wanted to get hot lunch like all the cool kids, instead of eating it right out of the bag like a big crumb bum. Oh, now, Rye Baby, don't you know those hot lunches are all subsidized? Now, what would a certain lady think of that? They are... I and Rand would be horrified. Well, at least until she was old and broke and decided to take advantage of the social safety net herself. But hey, she earned it. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about your mother again. Tell me, is she fond of long walks and short selling? By the way, that tuna boat doesn't really cost 30 cents. There's at least a dollar's worth of good eating there. And 70 cents of it is handed down by the commissars of the nanny state. <laughs> what an outrage. What about the peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich my mother made me? Is that a... is that subsidized too? No, sirree. That's your lunch. Take a good bite and chew it thoroughly, young man. I think I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> That's the taste of freedom. Savor it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to the VIP section of the cafeteria. Dad gave me his diner's club card. I'll give you regards to my blomo. You see, Goodstein, well, it saved little Paul Ryan from a fate worse than death. He was just 30 cents away from climbing onto that big government gravy train known as the Reduced Price School Lunch Program. Oh, gravy train? Sounds like grave. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, that means they were serving dog food, too. Anything might be ground up in that, including the eyes of men I've killed. They had good school cafeterias in those days. Shut up! Yes, Romney rescued that rascally Ryan, but it cost him. 
His father was charged for his VIP lunch that day, which means the cost wasn't absorbed by his company or the outsourced labor force. Do you know that he actually got served a pheasant that wasn't under glass? It must have been a very hungry, hungry bird, Lord Malthus. Now see your project at age 14, starting his first job at his uncle's bank. Golly gee, thanks for the job, Uncle Brain. I can't wait to get started. Now, what's the combination of the safe? I've got some presidents to invest. Starting with President Linklater. <laughs> the name's Bain, not Brain. And easy does it, my boy. You're an eager little beaver. But you have to learn to walk all over folks before you could learn to run them down. Let's see. What should we start you on? Something simple, I think. I know. How about collateralized debt obligations? That counts as teething, doesn't it, Uncle? Capital suggestion. We've got a boatload of mortgages in that broom closet over there, just waiting to be bundled together and sliced up like a groovy lemon pie. Hey, that makes me the candy man. <laughs> Who can make a bundle off someone else's cash? Tie it all together so it doesn't look like trash. The candy man. Da -da 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 -da. That's right, my boy. Here's the key to the candy shop. Now go and do your magic. Yes, sir. So you see, Goodstein, this was the start of a golden era in the little town of Romneyham. Mr. Bain's little investment bank grew and grew. It was renamed Silverado, then crashed like a runaway train, taking the entire town's savings with it. Oh, my... Is that when Romney started getting depressed? And dare I say, suicidal even? God, no! That's when he started celebrating! The government bailed Mr. Bain's bank out with taxpayer money, proving that free enterprise works like a charm. A rollback of regulations allowed him to convert it to an investment bank. It grew to enormous size and crashed again, this time taking most of the economy with it. I see... That's when Romney got depressed and decided to put something on his rash. I mean, do something rash. <laughs> Sentimental poppycock. Don't you know anything, Goodstein? That brought an even bigger taxpayer bailout. And Bain was back in business, robo-signing mortgage foreclosures and raking in the simoleons. Top of the mast! Hey, the town looks much bigger now. All those flashing neon signs. Whew, that one says girls, girls, girls. That's a little redundant. Do you think the sign maker had an impediment of some kind? Um, yes, quite. And look at all the ticky-tacky houses. They all look just the same. So nice and gloomy. Yes, yes, that's Romney's Landing. A development built on a toxic landfill. <laughs> Clever. Those houses are all teeming with tenants, stumbling around and dying whenever and wherever they see fit. They're all unhampered by the tyranny of health codes and environmental job-killing regulations. And each one has an oil rig in the backyard. Hello, black gold. Good afternoon, Texas tea. Fracking rig, Goodstein. Try to get it right. They shoot millions of gallons of poison in a hole, and it comes up bubbling money. That and the poison, which is great, because then it can get used again. Yes, uh, poison is good for every girl and every poison. <laughs> and see those ramshackle estates over there in Willard's Gardens? Well, there were people in those houses, but Romney foreclosed on them, then found a new way to monetize the property. Neat. Sweet. Wait, the scene is changing. Ooh, there's Captain Romney walking up that row of garment workers. He's always dressed so nice and seems so full of cheer. Just like a funeral home ghoul. That's the factory he convinced Bane to take over in Romneyville. They make shoe inserts out of toxic ocean sponges and they nail them into three dollar loafers. <laughs> You missed a stitch, number 47. 
tear it up and start again. On second thought, you better eat it. Right here and right now. And be sure to choke on it a bit. And let it be an example to everyone. Yes, Mr. Romney. Hey, you're kind of pretty in a wholesome, non-intimidating way. No wonder Elvis decided to sing about you in Jailhouse Rock. <laughs> Though someone should have told the king about my rule about fraternizing on the shop floor. Especially with number three, who's on report for sandbagging. Uh, thank you, Mr. Romney. You know, you don't have to thank him every time he opens his mouth. Even if he does own your sorry ass, lock, stock, and barrel. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Say, when I shutter this place next week and ship your jobs overseas, maybe you can become one of my sister wives. I've got a set of Mormon underwear already waiting for you, young lady. They belong to wife number 47. She went mad and had to be locked in the attic. <laughs> I still visit her every 47th Tuesday. It can become your job to take over her old job. <laughs> yes, Mr. Romney. Now back to work, everybody. Oh, oh, my line now? Right. But, Captain, I mean, Mr. Romney, we've been working this whole time. That worked double time. We have to get this order of substandard shoe inserts ready in time for you to march over to the unemployment office next week and apply for your humiliating subsidy. Time to join the 47%. <laughs> There's that number 47 again. Oh, Jesus. It's bad enough when I have to pretend to be an idiot's helmsman. Being on this assembly line is more than I can take. I should probably do my song. Are you having fun? Try to understand, ask your God, he's not available to spot. It's Christmas, at least that much hasn't changed. Your habits and no one remembers your name. It seems you're a perfect stranger. Do you have spice for kid in the manger? I'm sure you don't know who is perched on your to the next frame of the film strip yet I didn't hear the beep Silence! Romney is about to propose Oh, number 47 Can I call you Numby? <laughs> Will you join me in the bonds of matrimony? <laughs> yes, Mr. Romney Capital! <laughs> How about you, number 35? Will you also be my lawfully wedded sister wife? Yes, Mr. Romney. Capital! What about you, number two? I like at least one of my wives to have some strapping biceps and a strong singing voice. 
I'm not your number two. And I don't think I was even supposed to be in this scene. So I'm just not going to answer. You know, that's the way I like my third sister wives. Gosh, I can't wait to bring you all home to meet Anne. And of course, father will be so pleased. I think they may be in for a surprise, all right. Jesus. So the idiot and his flunkies were married. Then they lived cluelessly ever after. Um, Mr. Talking Horse, I don't understand. What are you doing here? What happened to my supervisor, Mr. Malthus? I gave him the huff he deserves, namely, the one that got planted in his ass. I'm here to move this plot along a little faster, unless you're planning on making this into the worst miniseries since the corn turds. Even Barbara Stanwyck couldn't save that turkey. Oh, I see. What happened to Captain Romney then? I think I was supposed to be monitoring him. Now I might be in trouble with the Dark Lord. I wonder what they'll do to me. <laughs> he and number 47, her number 35, or one of his herd of wives may have dropped a few foals. I think they were going for the McMurray formula. They had three sons, Tag, Taint, and Ernie. And they lived in a repossessed McMansion on the edge of Romney Town, just raking in the cash from his money factory over at Bain. Tag? Oh, Tag? Time to take out the discarded mortgages. <laughs> just dump them on top of the heaping pile of broken dreams by the curb. It might be a while before they're picked up, though. I just outsourced the trash man jobs to Singapore. Yes, Daddy. And Taint? Are you still pumping away at that Bloomberg terminal I got you for Christmas? Yes, Daddy. I just bought a controlling share in Halliburton. <laughs> Aren't you just a chip off the old taint? And so are you, Chip. And you too, whatever your name is. <laughs> Did I ever tell you kids about the pirate ship that our bank foreclosed on? You know, we efficiency tested the crew, and it turned out they had a guy with a peg leg and another one with a hook arm on board. Luckily, there was a serviceable plank. <laughs> Redundancies! Oh, Jesus, this is so freaking painful. Oh, with sweetness and light and shit. Until one day at Bain, I mean at Silverado, a stranger arrived. Mr. Bain, um, um, the navigation controls are out, sir. I, uh, I mean, the bank examiner is here, sir. Good afternoon, Mr. Bain. Hello, Senator, Examinor. <laughs> Is that Portuguese? You know, I'm great with languages. Did you know that everyone in Portugal speaks about Brazil nuts? Now what can I do for you? What you can do for me is quite simple. You can stop sacrificing the financial security of the American people just to bring massive profits to a handful of millionaires and billionaires. You know, you're right. I should be more magnanimous. I know more than a handful of millionaires and billionaires. Heck, they could be all in on this thing. Uh, very well. Let's go into my office and let's talk some slop. Excuse me, do you have something in your eye, Mr. Bane? Uh, no. Why do you ask? Because you keep winking at me. <clears throat> my office, Mr. Sanders, please. Gosh, Uncle Ronnie. <laughs> I'm guessing you work here or something. Anyhow, Uncle Bane seems like he's in trouble. There's a socialist chicken magnate all up in his grill. You know, you could be right. I thought I smelled some kind of Mr. French cuisine. Let's see. What did I come in here for? Hmm. Oh, yes. I think that I'm here to do some voiceover work for Silverado Theater. And then I'm supposed to tell Bonzo that the bank examiner was coming today. <laughs> you mean Uncle Brains? He's in there with the examinator right now. Sounds like they're having a little powwow. Just as long as it doesn't turn into a kapow kapow. You know, I used to have a powwow. His name was Mr. Doodle, and he lived inside my teddy bear. I don't know where he is now. Oh. 
Well, you can ask Mr. Brains yourself, Uncle Ronnie. Here he comes now. That miserable reprobate, Sanders. Oh, the indignity. Hey, is this an emergency? If so, we can break the glass here, and the National Guard will be called up. Gosh, Mr. Brains, your face is as white as Mormon jewels. <laughs> Did Sanders place us in receivership? I hate when that happens. Worse, young Willard. He's talked my ear off, and in a moment of weakness, I agreed to make a modest gift to some socialist crippled orphan and widow's fund. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound too bad, sir. Everybody loves windows, and who wouldn't want a nice organ in their living room? They come with realistic little rhythms built in. No, damn it. Widows and orphans, takers and losers. Now we have to bring them money instead of taking it away from them. As long as I still have my whiskers and a vat of coleslaw, I'll be Mr. Happy Cheeks. Shut up, you stupid, senile, iconic president. Oh, damn it. I have to compose myself. Willard, I have a little job for you. What is it, Mr. Brain? Foreclose on another trench of punitive mortgage contracts? You can save that for Christmas. For now, I want you to take this pouch of nickels. I found it in my couch. And bring it over to the widows and orphans' home on Fountainhead Street. But, Mr. Wayne, they did nothing to earn these random cushion coins. Won't they be, um, insulted that their mothers didn't pack it for them in a little brown bag? Just do it, Willard, and don't mention it to me again. But, but, Mr. Zaney... You paying attention, good steam. You slimy little man! Willard is now faced with a moral dilemma! Should he give the bag of nickels to the widows and orphans in violation of his most deeply held conservative principles? Or should he go home and ride up and down in his car elevator? It's called dramatic tension, okay? Get it? Yes, he does feel very tense, like jello in a thumbscrew. Do you think that Captain Romney's hair is about to explode? Plastic explosives are a thing, Goodstein. You're pretty close to the truth there. Okay.
Look through the magic mirror and you'll see Jackass Willard back at his jackass house with his jackass kids. Oh, and don't forget the family dog. Nah, that's a jackass. Andy MacBank gave them out of sales premiums before they went under. Anyway, watch Willard take this tension out on his kids. Father? <laughs> what is it? Uh, Trug? It's something a matter, Father. Your hair, it's ticking like a bomb. I'm fine, son, fine. Where's Tate? I'm over here, Daddy, trading on the Indian Stock Exchange. For crying out loud, haven't you finished those GMO seed company trades yet, Tate? You've been doing that for hours. Sorry, Daddy. There are still a few farmers I haven't bankrupted yet. I'll stop. Well, go ahead and trade, Trot. Trade! <laughs> trade! 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 Husband? What is it, Numby? Are you going to tell me I'm upsetting the children? Did Tintin come home with a cold? No, sir. Sister wife number 21 is wondering when you want your Christmas dinner tonight, sir. Same time as I had it yesterday and the day before. I can see I'm going to have to get number 21 a new memory chip. <laughs> or maybe I'll let Chip do it. <laughs> yes, sir. See, Goodstein! That's as close as Willard gets to being angry without counting to ten. And he's such an idiot, he usually stops at five. Now he's gonna walk out aimlessly into the snow. Frickin' loser. Oh, he's headed for the canal. Is this when I get to go down and help him commit suicide? I mean, prevent him from committing suicide. Are you kidding? Willard can't even spell suicide, let alone commit it. Look, here comes Paul Ryan. Maybe he'll punch him like Jimmy Stewart punched that dumbass cop in some movie I won't mention. Hey, Mitt, where are you heading? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to the Investment Bankers Association meeting over at Sheldon Leonard's Bar and Grill. I think it's over at Desilu. What, with a bag full of nickels? Uh, sure. <laughs> You know, every time somebody shows human sympathy, they have to drop a nickel in a hat. That happens a lot. I think you're lying, Mitt. I think you... I think you're taking that bag of nickels over to the Widows and Orphans home. Ain't ya? Ain't ya? Ain't ya? Ah, oh, doggone it. <laughs> you got me there, Paul. Guilty as charged. <laughs> I'm doing it for Mr. Brains. You can't! Those widows and orphans are nothing but a bunch of second-handers. They're card-carrying members of the 47%. They're takers, not makers. That's what you taught me, Willard. It's not about you. It's all about me. It's been that from the beginning. Everyone is towing that barge or climbing that tree. But I got my reservations. You'll never see me biting my words. Losing my chair to a bunch of second-handers By the way, let go of my hand Don't know where you've been I'm feeling kind of giddy Cause I'm drinking from the fountain It all come down to nothing Still a hang on every word Hang on every word you say Yeah.
gonna do i'm gonna take those nickels and buy a subsidized lunch that's what i'm gonna do no wait paul gosh it probably would have been better if i'd never talked you out of that hot lunch back at school but you know i'll never regret having you paint your ass in our school's colors and then ascend the flagpole <laughs> flapping away in the breeze <laughs> Oh, that was very painful. That's because you took me down with you, you stupid idiot. I told you to wait for the order. Sorry, Mr. Talking Horse. If you could lift your hoof a little. Yes, oh, Captain Romney, <coughs> I'm here to help you. Why, who are you? He's your freaking fairy godmother, Willard. Just get on with the script and pretend I'm not here. Because I'm not supposed to be. And let me tell you, I don't want to be either. <laughs> okay, Ned. Yo comprende mucho. That's a little saying I learned from my daddy back in his compañero days. <laughs> Jesus! Good Stein! You say the freaking line. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, yes. Captain Romney, do you really wish you'd never been born and still only existed in the darkest nether regions. Did I say that? <laughs> well, if I did, that makes it true. It's the Netherlands for me, then. <laughs> Daddy also spoke Scandinavian and ate their cornflakes, too. Well, okay. One reverse birth coming right up. Now, what was that magic word? Oh, yes. Alakazam. You know, I'm not a big fan of Eli Kazan. I thought his depiction of Emiliano Zapata was far too sympathetic. Especially that scene when they shot him like a dog. They should have rendered him to Grand Tannehall and got some intel out of him first. And then doubled Grand Tannehall. <laughs> Shut up, Willard! There's no point in saying anything! You never existed now! Yes, Captain Romney, you are, how shall I say it, a non-personality. That won't work. He's always been that. Try big fat nobody. No, wait. That's nothing new either. We'll have to think about what not to call you, Willard. Suffice it to say, the world is a much smarter place right now than it's ever been. Right now, Ned. Well, I'd best get those nickels over to the widow's and... Hey, where did that bag of nickels go? <laughs> well, I guess my pal Paul Ryan must have gone off to make good on his threat. He's probably going down fast in that subsidized tuna boat right now. No, Captain Romney. Let me see if I could explain. You see, the bag of nickels never existed. Well, I mean, perhaps the nickels themselves did exist, but not gathered together in that bag. They left the mint and were... Oh, Jesus! Why not just start with the freaking Big Bang, Goldstein? Willard... You've been transported to an alternate reality, which your sorry ass never existed. We're going to see what the world would be like without your contributions. Gosh, okay. <laughs> hey, the trees look different. 
They don't look like John Birch or Ayn Rand. Those are decorative shrubs, you ass. Come on, let's have a look around town. We'll start at Romney's Landing and see how the fracking operations are going. Walk this way, Captain Romney. <laughs> if I can walk that way. <laughs> the wrong neighborhood, young man. These houses are made of ticky-tacky, and they don't all look the same. And the people. Wait a minute. These houses seem to be completely up to code. Not one of them is on fire. Where are all the drilling rigs, the compressor stations, and the leaky methane pipelines? Oh, Captain Romney, this is not the same development. This is called Solidarity Village. It's subsidized housing built with funds from a public infrastructure bank. There's no fracking allowed here, and the toxic landfill never existed. But that's impossible. Bane invested in the company that dumped the PCBs. I mean, the Freedom Juice right here on the salon. The Freedom Juice never got here, Willard. You weren't there to prop up the company, so the company wasn't there to dump the toxic waste. This is wild, Ned. What about my garment sweatshop? Right this way. Hey, wait a minute. Something's not right. This building looks well-maintained from the outside. There are no moans or lamentations emanating from within. And where are the burn marks from the 1955 fire? And where's that pile of worker skeletons that were finally swept over to the curb? <laughs> Strange! I handed out pink slips to everyone just this afternoon, and yet there are still the sounds of running machines? Why don't you go inside and ask them yourself, you ding-dong! Hey you, worker number, let's say, uh, zero. <laughs> First of all, you're fired! Second, where's your overseer? He's fired too. Ah, uh, say, mister, you must be lost or something. The lost and found is over on Main Street next door to that little anti-soul food restaurant. My particular favorite. Don't worry, sir. There still exists a powerful undercurrent of racism in this socialist utopia. Doc, is that you? Where the heck have you been this entire episode? Ah, uh, say, same place as I'm always at, stranger. I run the free walk-in medical clinic for this here shoe factory. There's a kind of poetic circularity about that William Faulkner might have appreciated. Bless his impertinence. Free clinic? In my factory? Your factory, sir. I do protest. This is a collectively owned and managed enterprise. All production decisions are made democratically. I myself am assigned to the management committee this week, and I am late for my meeting. So if you will excuse me, sir.
been collectivized in your absence. Oh, look over there. There's your friend Paul Ryan pressing an insole into a size 10 loafer. Paul, is that you? When did you get all those arm tattoos? Hello, comrade. I don't believe we've met at any of the production meetings. I'm Paul. I'm the shop steward. <laughs> I can't believe my eyes. Is this from one of Anne Rand's lesser-known apocalyptic novels about a socialistic hellscape? I've never seen you use your muscles for anything more useful than exercise. Hey, why don't you join us for lunch? There's a subsidized co-op deli right next door. <laughs> well, not unless there's a mahogany panel club room in the deli reserved for top management. Don't you want to see your old bank, Willard? I'm sure that's exactly the way you left it. Yes, yes, take me to my firm. Here's the building, Willard, but it's got a new sign over the door. Infrastructure Bank? <laughs> Did we get acquired again? Heck, I wonder if I've been promoted. Why don't we go inside and find out? Welcome, gentlemen. Do you have an infrastructure project you would like to discuss on this day? Hey, you're the bank inspector who got Mr. Brain to part with all those nickels. Where's Mr. Brain? Oh, yes. Old man Brain. He went to jail for embezzlement a dozen years ago. He also had a Ponzi scheme going. I think he's out on good behavior somewhere upstate. Drinking his pension away. Are you a relative of his? He's my monkey's uncle that laid the golden egg. <laughs> his monkey is related to my monkey. I mean, his money is the daddy monkey to my money's chimp monkey. And what is your name again, comrade? No, it's not Conrad. Although I've always appreciated the work of your Mr. William Conrad. <laughs> Cannon, a Quinn Martin production. <laughs> my name is Romney, Captain Willard Metellius Romney. Okay, you know, there's a very excellent mental health clinic a couple of blocks from here. There's all kinds of spacemen in there, from what I understand. Just show them your Medicare single-payer card, and they'll fix you right up. <laughs> Captain Romney, did you want to make a withdrawal while we're in here? I think they offer free walking around money. Monkeys walking around, too. This is much worse than I thought. <laughs> then, what about Numby and the kids? Tag, Tate, and, and the other ones. Where are they? You're not gonna like it, Willard. Where 
are they, gosh darn it? <laughs> Where are they, it says here. <laughs> Jesus, can't you try harder than that? It's Christmas, for Christ's sake. I've got some plans that don't include any of you losers. Oh, okay. Then gum the blankety heck, Ned. Take me to my alpha sister wife and her issue. If she has an issue, Captain Romney, I hear there's a free medical clinic a couple of blocks from... Shut up, Goldstein, okay? Willard, number 47 is an old maid. That is, she used to work as a maid for Bane's family. But she quit that crappy job when Sanders made state college tuition free. Now she has a master's in social work, and she's running that mental health clinic up the street where the widows and orphans' home used to be. A psychiatrist? <laughs> that means she'll practice on me! And she might dispel that last of my delusions. No gold to bathe in. No god to cling to. No beach to walk on. What makes you think she'll want to be your upteenth wife, idiot? She don't exist, remember? Clarence! Uh, it's Gladstone. Gladstone Goodstein. I'm a dark angel. I wear my rudimentary horns with pride. Gladstone! Help me, Gladstone! I want my oversized white privilege back. I want my big steaming piles of money back. I want my wives back, too! Uh, well, except for the psychiatrist one. Hi, everybody. Hey, there's a kind of rust blight affecting all of the appliances in the galley. If we don't do something about it soon, our food will all spoil and we'll be down to eating stale saltine crackers and yellow chalk. I hate eating chalk. It stains my teeth. And as if that's not bad enough, little kids start trying to play hopscotch on my face. Christmas time is coming. I knew it all Freaking crazy Pearl, you food-obsessed ass clown! 
He just spoils the dramatic climax of the entire production. The Romney fool came close to acting for the first time in his non-life. Mr. Ned and the rest of you, I'm here too, or so it would seem. I've got the jetpack out of storage, and I'm all suited up. I'm ready to go in search of the captain's missing life, his inbred children, and AWOL wives. If someone could just turn on the room fan and give a heave on that rope and pulley assembly. Okay, now that these two jokers got their throwaway lines in and fulfilled the studio's contract obligations, can we get back to our drama here? Sure! Okay, Willard, just say your last line again. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. I was standing over here. The wizard had just ordered me to bring back the broomstick of the Wicked Witch. Just read the freaking script in front of your plastic-faced imbecile. Oh, all right. <clears throat> Gladstone, help me, Gladstone. I want my oversized white privilege back. I want my big steaming piles of money back. I want my wives back, too. Uh, except for the psychiatrist one. Okay, Captain. Um, you're sure you don't want to stop by the co-op deli before you go? The blue plate special this week is a fish taco with rice and beans. Sounds like the gas frackers will be collecting a bit closer to home tonight. Just say the magic freaking word, you dimwit. Okay, Alakazam. Gosh, the weather sure is changeable today, isn't it? <laughs> now, what was I saying? You're back to abnormal, Willard. Well, don't you have anything to say? Well, sure, Ned. Hey, I found my nickel bag. Oh, Captain, if you're having substance abuse problems, we will have to return to the alternate reality and get you some free counseling. I'm afraid that help is kind of expensive in this reality. I know from personal experience... Wait, you mean... You mean everything's back to the way it was before? If you're stupid enough to ask that question, then the answer is yes. You can even look forward to being completely humiliated by an orangutan also known as the illegitimate president-elect. Oh, look. Captain Romney is running up the main street of the town, waving his arms in the air. It's... it's like... Just doesn't care. Merry Christmas, toxic landfill! Merry Christmas, broken down houses and foreclosure! <laughs> Merry Christmas, putrid sweatshop ready to be outsourced to Madagascar! Merry Christmas, squalid widows and orphans home! Thanks for the nickels! Merry Christmas, you beautiful vulture capitalist investment bank! Merry Christmas, Mr. Sanders! Uh, yes, and Happy New Year to you, Captain Romney. In outer space, no doubt. Merry Christmas, you big pile of credit default swaps. <laughs> and Merry Christmas, President-elect Trump. I'm crying out loud, is this how the stupid story ends? Where the hell's the moral? Well, there's good news, Mr. Talking Horse. I think I've earned my new devil horns. They're made of really hard plastic this time. I don't see any horns. Oh, that won't happen until we hear the sound of a horse breaking wind. Every time a horse breaks wind, a demon gets his horns. I guess we've outfitted about half the continent by now then. Come on, Goodstein. Let's go find out what next horror awaits us. We can try the Blue Plate Special.